This is a first. Thomas takes a stand against racism. This is nice. I, I'm appreciate. This is good. <laughs> so this is a shorter version, huh? Well, yeah. Like this fits on the whole on my, on the screen of my phone without having to scroll. Usually, I have to scroll quite a bit. So maybe we need to tell Flag to use shorter and easier words so that you can get through it. See, I've been telling you, Ryan, you should have gone to college. No, I'm going to do it again. You're going to sit oh, there and gonna, listen to oh, me do it again. Okay, okay, do it again. Do it again. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. You are listening to the Substandard Expanded Universe podcast. The SSEU is your number one source for garbage opinions on the internet. You can find older episodes on the app of your choice or on the SSEU podcast website. You can also reach us via email at sseupod at gmail.com or on Twitter. Just find at JVLast and tweet at him. I'm Thomas. I'm, as usual, joined by Ryan and Chris. Hello, guys. How are you? I was waiting for you, Ryan. I'm not answering it this week. <laughs> Does that mean you have I'm diarrhea? Or that... Boycotting that question. Oh. That... Thomas, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. You're the... Do you have... It's been a good week. Although, uh, um, we've uh, spring came and then it seemed to have left again. Yeah. Are, we, uh, are you having, yeah. like, a snowstorm right now? No. Spring came and it's, then it it's... fell asleep. <laughs> we uh is that is that yeah i i met her in vegas you, you go 90 miles northwest of here um they got two feet of snow we got like three inches uh but we also got some ice and and so school was canceled today and two hour delay tomorrow so it's kind of weird to have uh but that's 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 april here this you can have 80 degrees you can also have a freezing rain and crap like that but so what's the latest that you will see snow Last year, we did not really have. <laughs> Last year, we didn't really have uh, spring. It was weird. Um, we had a foot of snow on April thirtieth, and then I mean, it jumped right to summer. It was crazy hot the next week. So um, that that's that's the latest I've ever seen here. Now that compare that to my childhood home, a few miles from the Canadian border in Minnesota, where uh, I mean. I think the one year it was the second week of May when the ice went out in the lake. Um, uh, boy, I, I couldn't. I remember we had snow in June once. I remember we had snow in September once. I mean, nothing with accumulation, but yeah. Snow back home, where my where my parents live, which is I don't know if I mentioned. I think I mentioned this on the podcast. So my my parents live about fifty kilometers Sweden. north of the Arctic Circle. And so the the ice in the, the river and the creek near my parents' house, the ice breaks up and sort of starts to float down around the last of April, 1st of May uh, is usually the time for that. But there's still snow on the ground until, I don't know, mid-May, usually, something like that. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's considerably colder than, than my hometown, you know. Uh, it was 95 yesterday. Was it really? It, it was. Yeah. It's been insanely hot here too. To today, today was better, but it's yeah. It's today been in the 90s. here wasn't that bad also, but yesterday really sucked. Uh, but Thomas, how are you handling the heat? It's fine so far. I've not. I've mostly been inside in an office, so it's fine. 
but I wanted to ask Ryan how Ryan's dealing with the heat. Like, is it easier because you get to be inside and watch your kids play basketball, so you don't have to be out? Or mm, boy, do you have an update for I, us? I'd take the heat. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it was. I mean, uh, the update is it was as bad <laughs> or worse than it was last week. I I don't even know what to do. I like during during halftime, I kind of went out to the car and didn't come back to like the middle of the third quarter. Nobody really said anything, and I think I'm just going to keep doing that from now on to where at halftime I'm just going to leave and then I'll show back up at the end of the game. <laughs> Aren't you supposed because, to be a coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I my mean, my coaches would always. I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I, I, I mean, the kids they they don't listen. They just chase each other. You know, throw the ball as hard as they can at the rim. Then they chase down the ball, run to the other end, drop kick it at the rim. <laughs> and, you know, you can tell them, guard your man, guard your man, put your hands up. They don't care. They don't listen. I'm Use that Rick Pitino advice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right, but I have a question about the other parents. Like, are the other parents, like, into it and excited? Or yeah. is everyone oh, sitting there face them. There's a parent I mean, of the kid who is held back. Who can actually dribble? Who just thinks it's great? Yeah, there's he like his right hand. He does what? What? Um, uh, my brother uh, Haberbro, his, his second son, um, Simon, is a pretty good athlete and just has an athletic mentality. And Simon figured out in soccer pretty early. He figured out what Kurt calls uh, what Haberbro calls the the punt return soccer goal, which is like you you start on uh, if you're right footed, you start on the like the back left. And you basically work your way around to the right and then around everybody. Um, so if you have some speed and you just go around, like, kind of loop around, can you picture that? Yeah. Yeah, and that's like, I mean, some of the bigger kids, especially, like, in Jack's age, where there's kids that are pretty big, and, you know, they'll get the ball, and, you know, they can pretty much make it every time. But they've realized, like, they don't really, the referee's not going to call double dribble or traveling so anytime somebody guards them instead of being forced to like oh i have to pick up my dribble and pass they'll pick up their dribble and just run you know carry it like a football and run around the defender and then dribble again and then pull up and shoot so even so the you know before they figured that out the only time that they would pass would be when somebody you know, stop them from dribbling and they'd pick up their dribble and they wouldn't be able to get a shot up so they'd be forced to pass to somebody. Well, now, you know, they, they realize the referees aren't going to call anything. So they'll just, you know, barrel over people football style and then dribble again and get a shot up. So so is there is there scorekeeping? Yeah, they keep score. There's a scoreboard. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I couldn't even tell you. Like with Rhett's team, I couldn't even tell you. If they won or lost this week, <laughs> I cannot remember. I know Jack's team won by a lot. They won like 44 to 18 or something like that. But they have some big kids on Jack's team. And Jack has gotten an assist in both games this week. He's the ball. Like, the only assist in the entire game. Yeah, seriously, like, I don't understand because, like, in warm-ups, he's still, like, if they do the layup drill, he will shoot from either line in the layup drill. Every time he gets the ball, you're supposed to, you know, one line is supposed to be the rebounding line where you rebound it and you pass it to, to the shooting line. Well, every time, 
He's in the rebounding line. He gets it. He shoots. Have you guys been watching the Masters? Yeah, I watched today. Um, I saw uh, Henrik Stinson. Oh, a, yeah. He quit. Hit. He's out. He's going home. He's done. Did he? Yep. Going he's home going home. Sweden? No, no. He lives in Florida. I didn't uh, know he, he was going home. I yeah, saw yeah. one hole where he'd he'd hit it into the into uh, the bunker mm-hmm. on one side of the green, and it was all downhill. Just like yeah, he, he was. He, so his his ball was on the upslope, and the green was downhill from him, and so it was like just an impossible shot. And then there's a creek on mm-hmm. the other side of the green, and he just bladed it and shot across the green. Into the creek. Yeah, and and yeah. I'm, I'm, this this is after hit it into the into the bushes. Yeah, in, into the azaleas uh, or whatever they're called. Yeah, no, I think entering Amen Corner, I think he was one under, and then it just it yeah it did not go. Yeah, he's going home. He's done. I saw that. Man, this this new police chief is a real jerk. I I sure hope he gets you know trapped underground for a while. What? I, I am so lost. The who guy? This new police chief that replaced Gary Oldman. He's just he just looks cocky. <laughs> Jerk. So are you rooting for anything anyone at the Masters? Ryan? Yeah, Tiger. I oh, root for Tiger. God, God. Fucking ass. I root he's, against he's... Tiger. What? Yeah. You root against Tiger. Why? I root against him because he's a terrible fucking human being. Ugh. <sighs> He's the worst. He's literally the worst. Like, if I could pick... Literally the worst. It's like it's like Tiger Woods, number one, then Hitler, Charles ti- Manson. Tiger... Ti- ti- uh, this, this sounds like a pretty decent list. Yeah, no. So so he's the worst. So I'm rooting for... Uh, I'm, I'm rooting although, for... Although Hitler wasn't so bad, according to Candace Owen, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey guys, do you guys remember that Remember When segment that I brought up? Do you remember when Candace Owen, <laughs> when she was launching Turning Points Europe, decided to bring up the only downside to Hitler was that yeah. he took his, his socialism international. She brought it up on her own. She wasn't like own. she wasn't pinned down to answer this question. She just <laughs> launched into defending Hitler out of for no reason. Well, I mean, I know this was pretty recent, but like, like we got to remember this. Like, this, this is pretty. <laughs> She she appeared in front of Congress the other day. Yeah, which is why I remembered yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like so, so, someone tweeted about it. I'm like, that's right. She did say that. <laughs> but but so the only reason why she's a thing, right, is because conservatives, quote unquote, conservatives are stalled for someone of color to like speak for them, right? I I think, I think so. so. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, so she, you know, she's got this whole Blexit thing, right? Yeah. 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 Which is, I, I have nothing to say. About w- weren't conservatives supposed to be like beyond or against identity politics? Wasn't I remember that was a thing at some point. I, I do well, remember I mean, that that was a thing until it became, you know, not a thing. They decided, oh well, we can just do our own identity politics, which actually closed the door on on people of color joining them. But let's not let's let's not talk politics. Yeah. So let's continue with golf. So Ricky Fowler. Is two under par. I'm rooting for Ricky and Ian Poulter, who's four under. And you're totally sure that all those guys are of you know upstanding moral character. Uh, well, you've investigated them. You've you've checked they are, them out. They are and, not Tiger Woods. How do you know? I, I don't need for I like promise. athletes to pass some kind of character test for me to enjoy watching them play their sport. You know who else I dislike? Sergio Garcia. I like Sergio. 
Oh my god, of course you do. Isn't he a huge jerk? He's a huge jerk and a racist. I wouldn't know. I, I don't know him. I don't know him. I've not had any, you know, one-on-one conversations with him, so I wouldn't want to judge his character from, you know, just seeing an outburst on the golf course here and there. But if you feel comfortable doing that, that's totally fine. Uh, I'm, I'm just judging Sergio on, you know, the racist insults that he's levied against players of color and other things in the game. But it's okay. We can, we can move past okay, that. This is, a, this is a first. Thomas takes a stand against racism. This is nice. I, I'm appreciate. This is good. I I think you're like, always full of surprises, Thomas. Like Phil Mickelson, I, I like him now that he's not trying to pretend that he's this you know great nice guy. Because that used to be his whole brand was that he was just this you know really nice family guy that you know didn't do anything mean. But behind the scenes. There was always everybody who said, oh, Phil Mickelson is one of the biggest jerks on the tour. After that Tiger versus Phil stupid one-on-one match <laughs> they did for Bleacher Report last year, there was a country singer who I cannot remember his name uh, because I don't like country music and I don't want to remember any of their names. But anyway, he he saw Phil at like this club after that one-on-one match was over, and he was talking about how boring it was. Jake so, Owen. Was it Jake Owen? Okay. Yeah. And so he went up to Phil and he said, like, you know, something yelled at him and said, that was terrible. I want uh, I want my money back or something like that. And um, I can't remember how many, whatever the purse was, Phil basically told him to fuck off and said, here's, here's your $100 because I won, you know, like a million dollars or something or whatever the purse was. And that was put on Twitter. And Phil Mickelson responded and said, true story. (laughs) (laughs) So I like that Phil is just now, I like him more that he's, you know, he's just a regular guy who's sometimes a dick and sometimes he's not a dick, but that he's just, you know, thrown off the whole, you know, perfect guy thing. Yeah. Perfect. It's clear that that he has a singular focus, (laughs) much like Ashton Kutcher in that movie about (laughs) Steve Jobs. That there's Patrick Leahy. I was wondering where he was in this movie. Okay. So the other big news of the day is that uh, Julian Assange has finally been locked up by British law enforcement. Uh, He was wanted by the Swedish government on two accusations of rape and as a result decided to hole up in the Ecuadorian embassy for the better part of a decade, even though the Swedish government ended up dropping the investigation into Julian Assange in 2017, he had to stay in the embassy because the Brits now had an arrest warrant because he had avoided them uh, in 2010. (laughs) It's great. When you say hold up, I was under the impression that he was allowed to stay there because he was glory hold up. Yeah, I think that's the British term for it. Okay. We talked a little bit about this earlier about like Twitter fo- Twitter followers. I've been unfollowing people today who who are praising Julian Assange or defending him on like on like a free speech basis or something. I they, see it's, this, it's, it's insane. Yeah, I, I hate so it. did you finally not, unfollow Sean speech. Hannity then? <laughs> yeah, it is interesting how Hannity came around on him. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's got back and deleted all of his Julian Assange tweets. Oh wait, he's back on. He's back against him again. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's opposed to Assange now. I think because the big orange man tweeted something. 
That's funny. He's not, so he's not gonna, he's not offering to let Assange guest host his radio show anymore. <laughs> no. Ryan, you should start a blog on the 360s that Sean Hattie's done. <laughs> I was gonna say 180s, but like, yeah, he's, he is, he's, he's he goes, turned, eventually he goes back and forth. Totally around. Yeah. 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 But, but the thing with, the, the thing with like Sean Hannity or uh, Tucker is that I've heard people say about both of them that they are like actually nice guys like to hang out with and chat with and like, like you can be friends with them, but they just seem I'm insane. Sure Sean, I'm sure if Sean is on your side, I'm sure he's a great guy. <laughs> like, like if, if, if you're like his buddy, I mean, or, or Tucker, like, like that inter- interview that was leaked, um, that he didn't use in the show, like, he was initially nice to that guy. You know until, what I'm talking about? Yeah, until, until like yeah, like until this guy the guy hostile <laughs> interview, and then he's like, "All right, you know, I'm now I'm changing." But like he came into the interview like lobbing him softballs, and it was very buddy buddy. And then and then the f bombs flew. Once you know, <laughs> yeah. guys, may may I make a suggestion? Uh, and we don't need to segue or anything, but um, transition. Me, transition. I've been meaning to say this for the last couple of weeks because we're already well into April, but. You know how uh, February is is. Um, <laughs> You've been meaning to say this since February. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just, just, just listen. Fe- February is is Black History Month. Okay. Um, <laughs> March is is Women's History Month, right? It's ladies, ladies, or ladies. I I can't wait for this. La- ladies Awareness Month. Is is that what it is? Like, gotta be aware that there are ladies. Um. <laughs> go go on, go on. Stop, can, stop can digging. We, can we make April? Gout Awareness Month. <laughs> Can we make this a thing? Hashtag April is Gout Awareness Month. Is that too long of a hashtag? Why not just use Gout Watch? Gout Watch. Gout April watch. is Gout. Oh, not Gout. It's not a Gout Watch. We want to build awareness. Like, oh, you know, I, I like that you're having a ribbon for for Gout. Like, what color? Ribbon you, on your. What, what color do you want it to be? I think red, because I think when it there's inflammation in the in the in the in the gout, it turns red. That's an indication of inflammation. I think it's, red would yeah. be an appropriate color. Yeah, I think so. I think All right, you're like, something. Yeah, so I'm gonna we'll tweet out about this. Like, like if we can if we can turn this into some kind of live strong money making <laughs> machine that we can you know use as a slush fund, then uh-huh. yeah. I'm okay, all, Lance. I'm I'm all on board. Let's do it. So Nikachu seems to be making a lot of money selling his merchandise. We should be able to do the same. Yeah, and I, I did see a, a Gout Watch account popped up on Twitter too. So it, it seems like there's potential for it out there. I, I, I think so. I think so. But but the Gout Watch is very Vic-centric. I, we just want to build awareness. I mean, people need to know the warning signs before it hits you. Gout is a thing, and you might have it. You might have it. Watch for the twinge. All right, guys, are, are you ready for this? Uh, yes. Just, just say yes, Chris. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So, speaking of gout, the director of the founder, the movie about McDonald's, John Lee Hancock Jr., has recently directed another movie that premiered a couple of weeks ago called The Highwayman, and we figured that we should spend some time talking about it. Let's do it. First, so so John Lee Hancock, um, the founder, uh, Saving Mr. Banks, The Rookie, Blindside. Have you seen any of these other movies? Just The Blindside. <laughs> seen The Founder. I haven't seen The Blindside. Oh. I like The Founder. Founder was good. I haven't seen it. Is it? I saw. I don't know if this was like lefty Twitter or whatever, but I saw people accuse it of being too McDonald's friendly. <laughs> what? I don't see how it was 
to McDonald's friendly. I mean, uh, to me, it just it seemed it seemed pretty fair. It, you know, it uh, it gave McDonald's credit for some things, but also you know didn't portray it in like a completely great light. So I, I liked it. I mean, Michael Keaton is really good in it. So. Yeah, how how is Nick Offerman in it? Uh, he was really good too. He he's he's pretty funny as uh, one of the brothers who are the founders of McDonald's. Ryan, you haven't seen The Blind Side? No. Oh, how how is that? I thought I thought that's one of the movies that almost like remember the Titans that almost everyone has seen. I just didn't have any interest in seeing it. I mean, I mean the story was out there, so I know what happens. He gets drafted to play right tackle and not blindside. I didn't need it. I was like, oh, that's a nice story. I'm good. Did you like Blindside, Chris? It was probably one of those movies that was overhyped and I watched it and like it did, didn't do a lot for me. Yeah, I, I do actually admire um, this family for, for taking him in. I mean, it was a very generous thing to do. Um, I don't uh, hold it against them that they were – like in fact, I think I wish more wealthy white people would – Oh, my uh, gosh. Privilege yes. to – What? You know who this one of the stars of the Blind Side who played Michael Orr? You know what his name is? Mm. Quentin Aaron. If you rearrange those letters a little bit, <laughs> it's Q Anon. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just so, solved it. So that's why I found a Blind Side strangely attractive as a movie. Okay, okay. Chris, The Highwayman, enjoyed? I really liked it. I really did. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you want me to give more comment or uh, just reaction? Do scene by scene. <laughs> so the movie opens <laughs> with... If you don't know what it's about, it, we're not really spoiling anything by saying that it's about the hunt for Bonnie and Clyde, right? Um, uh, it fe- features Kevin Costner, uh, Woody Harrelson. Who else is in it? Woody Harrelson looks rough. Nobody cares. Kathy Bates, but uh, really it's the, the movie circulates around there. And, and like... I guess my biggest critique, uh, as as much as I loved um, Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson in this movie, mm-hmm. my, my biggest critique, is, and like the the period stuff was great. Like it it didn't it didn't seem like a Netflix movie. Like it like they didn't seem to skimp on like when they depicted the shanty towns and it it seemed like a, a big budget movie, right. except in that it had Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson and like nobody else. Like the 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 secondary actors and characters like the guys in the fbi they were totally unmemorable left no impression on me like it wasn't that that the acting was bad it was just like they could have used some star power some some someone like some good character actors that you'd wreck that they were good that were well known from other stuff the movie starts with the hunt for bonnie and clyde and they are you know running roughshod uh, across the country and no one can stop them uh, and they go to like go to Kevin Costner uh, Frank Hamer and ask ask they ask him to go after them and put them down essentially as you said like a great period piece uh, it looks very realistic the only thing that sort of took me out of that and that was like completely ahistorical and I didn't really buy was the fact that there was a lady governor <laughs> He calls her a lady governor too. <laughs> he said because when he when he says to uh, Kim Dickens, who plays his wife, says the lady governor wants to pay me one hundred thirty dollars a week to chase down Bonnie and Clyde. 
And and they call Bonnie. They call Bonnie the what do they call her? The little lady or something like that? And a paramour? Yeah. It's a maybe this is why I enjoyed this movie so much. Well, what it is is it's not necessarily the governor, but it's 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 kind of an underling who suggests like uh, we don't know what to do. Like the the what the FBI is doing doesn't seem to work. Um, but I have an idea. Let's go out and get these guys. And and so the governor is skeptical. The lady governor is very skeptical. Uh, of this idea to kind of bring these old Texas Rangers, they, this, this the Texas Rangers have been disbanded. Um, they don't like this idea of these guys kind of with a license to kill. These guys who uh, don't have a lot of uh, oversight. What's the word I'm looking for? Just one time, I would like to see one of these movies where you know the two old guys with all the experience come out, and the young guys who are just like, ow. Oh, you know, fuck you guys, you're old, we know how to do things. And the young guys are right. And they just, (laughs) they get the bad guy, you know, and the the old guys don't have anything to do with it. They don't show them any respect. Because, you know, the the young guys that you're supposed to like are the ones who show respect to Costner and Harrelson. Isn't there a movie like that, though? There, There aren't movies where the young guys... Show the old guys to be stupid. I feel like there are plenty of movies like that. I can't think of a single one from the top of my head. In like a, in like a situation like this, where it's like the you know two cops that are coming coming back to catch the. To well, catch here, the here, here's, here's the nice thing: is it was it was very, it was very human. I, I just I appreciate the whole depiction. Like these guys are 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 sore and limping, right. and and they can't shoot straight. Like so, right away they established that. These guys aren't going to win on their gun. Like they were great gunfighters, they can yeah. no longer rely on that. And, yeah, no, and I no. I, 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 like, well. I like this. I'm just saying, like, you'd think just. And I'm not saying like, like I would that we should side with the young guys in any of those cases. I'm just saying, chances are, at some point, the young guys who say "screw you, old guys, we know what we're doing" are going to be right. But we feel like we haven't seen <laughs> sure. that in the movie. All right, so I have a question. So in the early stages of the movie, when Kevin Costner is visited by this law enforcement dude from the state of Texas who offers him this license to track down and kill Bonnie and Clyde, you see where he lives and his wife, and it looks really fancy. John Carroll Lynch. You were talking about the uh, supporting actors. John Carroll Lynch is a really good actor. He's the guy who is that the law enforcement talks, guy? Yeah, who talks Kevin Costner into accountability? Back. Okay, that's yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Accountability. These guys John were not Carol accountable. Lynch has, John they didn't have accountability. Something they weren't accountable, accountable to anyone. I guess. Uh, anyway, my question is this: What what does Kevin Costner's wife do for a living? Because she Pickles. seems rich. <laughs> Pickles. She made her fortune in pickles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and all he says is that when they're driving up there, John Carroll Lynch says that uh, he married well and did okay in private security after he retired. So I don't know if they ever said how she has so much money, but they make it like she's the one who bought that new Ford. Yeah. And she and Woody Harrelson points out how she, you know, spent quite a ve- bit of extra money to. Upgrade the radio. radio because he's like this isn't stock and Kevin Costner says oh I wouldn't know it, uh, it what does he say like it uh, detracts from he prefers uh, silence yeah did, did you catch uh, in the movie at some point I think it's Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner talking at some point 
when I think they refer to the fact that when they used to be rangers back in the day, they rode horseback. Yeah, a couple <laughs> times. Yeah, they, they mentioned that. Because Woody Harrelson says, uh, these seats are, uh, I don't remember um, uh, a horseback being uh, as rough on a man's ass as these seats in, yeah. in the car. I appreciated the running gag of him not being allowed to drive. Yeah, did it say, was or, it just or about him he having was, he was prostate drunk? issues, like he had to pee all the time? <laughs> well, he didn't have to. Yeah, <laughs> like these these are men who who are aging, and and they depicted that. Um, I mean, it wasn't pathetic. It was it was just just like, oh yeah, these guys are not who they were. And I don't think that that they were like like there there are some movies where they have ridiculous powers and and uh, you know beyond their age. But um, like they they were just no. just. Good, they just good, have experience and yeah. experience, and and we're able to piece that together. And I just appreciated that, and the 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 friendship, the relationship, and and I think it was really well cast. And there was definitely chemistry between Costner and Woody Harrelson. And Thomas and I were talking in in, in the pre-show about how much we appreciated the depiction of Bonnie and Clyde. Yes, um, kind Be- of part of the depictions in popular culture that kind of romanticized right. them. Uh, like they, uh, even the people would say, "Oh, they're Robin Hood or whatever." Right. And so it depicted like why it, it depicted very well why people identified with them, but also depicted the other side. And Kevin Costner had a great line talking about the brutality and how like the cops that they're murdering um, have families too, and like they're hitting the bread lines now. So it's it's like they're not the heroes that these people made them out to be. And even just the way that they were depicted, like you never really got a look at them at Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Until they were riddled with bullet holes. And that was that was really cool the way Rough. they did that. The way they were depicted kind of reminded me a little bit of um, the assassination of Jesse James by mm. the coward Robert Ford, mm. where it kind of dispelled a lot of the, you know, romantic notions of what Jesse James and his gang were, mm. um, where, you know, he right. was just a psycho brutal killer. Yeah. And and uh, so so one of the things I, I liked about it was that it, it sort of focused on focus the movie focused on Costner and Harrelson and it sort of followed them around and you only got glimpses of Bonnie mm-hmm. and Clyde throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. So so there's mm-hmm. the 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 first scene where uh, they go to the the prison camp or whatever it's called and she's limping limping out there with a rifle and fires it in the air. But you still don't really see her, and you don't no, really see right. Clyde in the car either. And then the next time we really get a look at them, you still don't really see them when they are like outside a store and they send one of their comrades in there to do business, buy something, or whatever it is. All I could think was those poor actors. You know that their agent <laughs> sold them. Like, <laughs> You're going right, to be look. Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> Netflix movie, Kevin Costner, Woody Harrelson, Texas Rangers. You're going to be mm-hmm. Bonnie. You're going to be Clyde. Stars of the movie. <laughs> Not even in focus. <laughs> I think I asked you after I watched it, Ryan, if the bridge that they use in the beginning when Kevin Costner is down by the river, if that's that was the bridge near your house. It's not. It is one of the bridges near me. It's not the. It's not the 360 bridge that I go over all the time. But it's it's a little further down on uh, Rural Route 620. There, there's another bridge um, that's not not far from me. That that that's what that bridge is. Uh, I don't know what that bridge is called because it's not used nearly as okay. often. But but you think it's in Austin? Yeah, I'm almost positive. Yeah. that that's the bridge. You know, obviously they did some CGI to make it 
look okay. like it was the 1930s, but but yeah, I'm almost positive that that is in Austin. Okay, because I, I did some research online, so some of it some of it is shot in Austin, but much of it is actually shot in Louisiana. So, uh, <laughs> so someone mentioned the other day that like it was like. They thought that the movie was uh, beautiful and the landscape and the scenery and everything was really pretty and Texas looks amazing. And I went online and I found this article and it's like, well, all right, so you actually think Louisiana looks spectacular because that's <laughs> where most of them were like, are there, are there uh, things about Well, and most of it in Texas, yeah, was was uh, kind of kind of deserty or, or yeah, I wonder what was what was beautiful that about it. Or was it just the wide open spaces? No, I don't think so. Were there things about the movie you didn't like? I have I have one thing I didn't like. What one scene that I thought was bad. And and I realized that this is probably not the director, this is not Hancock's specialty. So the the one car chase scene that they have are they in Oh, oh in the dust? Yeah, in the dust. Yeah. yeah. When they are circling around each other or something. That scene was garbage. Yeah, I, I did write that down as that was kind of like, wow, what is even going on here? <laughs> Was it was it kind of showing how the guys had kind of lost it? Like they they were they were kind of too old, and the game had passed. Was that by. it? I guess maybe. I guess maybe uh, if that's what he was at, but I don't that, know that, that they weren't going to catch them in a chase or a, or I mean they yeah, were gonna... but, but I think that was too. Like they circled around for a bit, all the dust came up, and then they and stopped. They were just completely gone. <laughs> completely yeah, gone. gone. Nowhere yeah, to be seen. Yeah, without a trace. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. How long were they driving in a circle by themselves? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I really, I really like this movie, and I would really recommend everyone watch it. I guess my, my critique would be that um, it was so well done that it was kind of anticlimactic. Like, so they did all this police work, um, but then like the way that they got them was they just kind of boxed them in. And, like, so we're not really spoiling anything. Like, you can just read how they how they killed them, and if. If you want to, if you're worried about spoilers, go ahead like two minutes. But um, so they boxed them in and shot the hell out of them. Uh-huh. You know, like like it wasn't. So again, they weren't going to rely on on like being good shots anymore. So like, <laughs> the eight guys stood around the car and like fired three thousand bullets into it when they finally were able to track them down. And so like I, all the like the just the good character development, all that stuff led up to like the payoff wasn't great. You know what I mean? Did you guys feel that at all? I, I mean, I did have a problem with the ending is just because it seemed like it was, I don't know, it was a little Over abrupt now. and it yeah, didn't yeah. like, uh, it didn't really pay. I mean, it just, it just kind of like freezes where now. Kevin Costner is talking to uh, Clyde's dad in his workshop. It just, just stops there. It just freezes. The movie just is like frozen right mm-hmm. there when he's just talking to his dad. And, you know, so you never find out if they catch him or not. Um it didn't really feel like that was the end of the movie. Um, looked like there was still like 39 minutes left. <laughs> this is Ryan's way of saying that he's not seen all of it. Ben Affleck dies. <laughs> That's it. I, I knew it. I, I agree with Chris. I think people actually should watch this one. Uh, together with Drive Across Concrete, it's my, my top two of the year so far. And Did you watch Cold Pursuit? I haven't yet. I keep intending okay. to, and I keep forgetting. Uh, but but I think that might be up there. I think that might be like my 
third favorite of the like on my top three list. Yeah, it's wait, crazy wait, that. Wait, the, the movie you didn't watch might be the third best. Yeah, it, it's gonna be. It, it's gonna be. Wait, wait till you watch it. It's gonna <laughs> be. Um, but it's crazy that like two of the because I mean I, I really like this too and I want to finish it. Two of the top three movies are gonna be streaming movies for me so far this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So does that mean that Netflix actually has a, a chance? Well, if I they mean, keep putting out movies like this, and honestly, like, like triple. If they do- Triple Pursuit uh, of triple, this? Triple Frontier? Yeah, I mean, I triple mean, <laughs> we had our issues with that, but I mean, it was it was good. It was entertaining. I watched it more than once, so. It's better than most of the movies I watched. Right, <laughs> yeah. It's better than a lot of the movies that are in the theater. Because, I mean, I would have gone to see that in the theater more than, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that's out right now. More than yeah. Shazam or Captain Marvel or... So I haven't seen Cold Pursuit, but but uh, these these are the top two movies, the Netflix movies, Highwaymen and and um, Triple Frontier, are my mm-hmm. top two of the year. Speaking of Texas movies, even though uh, it wasn't really filmed in Texas, uh, or some of it wasn't, most of it wasn't. Uh, I have a list of uh, I, I have ranked movies set in Texas. I have a top six list for you guys here, and I, I'm just uh, quickly gonna gonna read it off. So I'm gonna take my headphones off. <laughs> Actually, I have a question first. Is Bottle Rocket set in Texas? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I haven't seen. And that. it's a great movie. So I haven't seen that garbage. So uh, number number six, Dallas Buyers Club. Number five, Tin Cup. Number four, Varsity Blues. Number three, Charlie Wilson's War. Number two, Hell or High Water. And number one is Friday Wilson's, Night Lights. Charlie Wilson's War. It's partially. He's a he's a congressman from Texas. It counts. Yeah. Okay. I guess that does count. I don't <laughs> know why you thought that. That. I mean, that's a. I don't know what other Texas movies would be on there besides Bottle Rocket. That would be on there for me. <laughs> Bottle Rocket. Uh, Rushmore. I've never seen Rushmore. You've got to be kidding me. I don't All know right. what I'm, that is. I'm I think. I mean, I think I have, but not. I'm buying the like... DVD and I'm sending it to your house. <laughs> but Ryan doesn't I, I think, have anything to play I, it. I on. think I saw it like when it came out but i haven't haven't like that's one i haven't rewatched, so i don't really remember it that much so um everyone should go watch rushmore okay i was convinced that this list was gonna piss you off but apparently not okay why why i'm not even from texas so (laughs) you know i don't take it that but i mean i mean what's wrong with i mean for texas movies like i like friday night lights Uh uh-huh you know it's Fine movie. Uh, Hell or High Water, that's one of my favorite movies. What else did you put on there? Varsity uh, Blues and Tin Cup. Never seen yeah, Varsity Blues, whatever. Uh, Tin Cup, I love mm-hmm. Tin Cup. Uh, I've watched that probably 10 times. <laughs> um, and then Dallas Buyers Club, I've never seen it. With your pal, Maddie. Yeah, Maddie. Oh, you haven't yeah, you, seen you it? You could have put. Uh, no, I've never seen it. You could have put. Um, what's the other one he's in? Where he uh, he's plays the, the Lincoln high schooler, commercial? the Lincoln commercial. Um, <laughs> gosh, what is that movie called? Uh, that Richard Linklater movie. Not Days and Confused. Not yeah, Days yeah. and Confused. You could put it. You could have put that on there. I haven't seen it. So these are all movies I've oh, seen. Okay. Have you seen any Richard Linklater movies? No, I haven't. I haven't. I think all of his movies, almost all of his movies, are set in Texas. Boyhood. Is set in Texas for. I saw a 30, list that had Boyhood on it. Hey, yeah. did you did you know it took twelve years to make that movie? Twelve, <laughs> way more than it was more than twelve, wasn't it? I, I'm sure that people out there have a, lo- a lot of opinions and thoughts on on 
great movies set in Texas. Like, there are a bunch of older westerns that are set in Texas. I don't like westerns. But, but I haven't seen them, so I can't really rank any of them. Tweet at Ryan underscore Kinney11 with, with your thoughts on Texas or movies. At, or at JVL. Or at JV last. Isn't there a movie called Alamo? That, that's yeah. the best Texas movie. Alamo. <laughs> the Alamo. The Alamo Bowl? That's a great one. The, the, the Alamo is actually... The Alamo it, Draft House? It's pretty good. That's one with um, Dennis Quaid. Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob right. Thornton. It's, oh. it's not bad. These podcasts do not happen for free. Uh, and we have a, a sponsor for this week's episode. Ryan? Uh, we have another We Harmony ad. Uh, I mean, I know it seems like we do one, you know, at least three times an episode, but um, <laughs> we, we have another one. <clears throat> Are you a 76-year-old former vice president with a penchant for inappropriate touching? Perhaps you're a 77-year-old millionaire socialist whose whiteness shines too bright. You just might be a middle-aged Texan married to someone with the middle name of Hoover. Or is it that you're a senator from Minnesota with a secret sensory deprivation tank for unruly staffers? Well, guess what, folks? Fear not. The geniuses at WeHarmony have come up with a solution for all of the potential Democratic nominees for president. Vote for Me Harmony uses that humane shock technology to transform all of these problematic characters. Just hand your smartphone or tablet to your most physically fit staffer and watch as they endure. No, no, no. We're clearly joking. It's obviously too late for this group. But let's be honest. The only way to deny Donald Trump his fourth term is to get we harmony into the chubby fingers of your little toddlers and z harmony in front of that pimple face of your teenagers and college students asap we harmony is the app that zaps the racist instincts right out of your precious little ones sit them down with your tablet and watch them swipe right or left to affirm and dismiss the good and the bad people from history Swiping images in the wrong direction leads to those highly unpleasant electrical pulses. Trust us, they learn quickly. C-Harmony uses the same technology to remind young adults to avoid pronouns altogether, to speak as little as possible, and to achieve the most socially acceptable facial self-presentation, total blankness. A zen-like state is achieved through your development of an aggressively shrunken personality. These testimonials keep rolling in. Here's what Doug from Winnetica, Illinois says about We Harmony. We brought our four-year-old son Tad to Chuck E. Cheese's over in Evanston. He headed straight for the ball pit. There are about a dozen kids already in there. Tad set his sights on this one kid whose name turned out to be Miguel. It looked very <laughs> sweet at first. We thought Tad had just picked a new friend. Then Tad just hurled ball after ball at Miguel's head. We pulled him out for a while and gave him a good talking to. But he re- when he returned to the pit, he picked a new target, Diego. A few <laughs> weeks later, we were back, and, Alejand- and it was Alejandro's turn. We began to notice a pattern. Uh, after a few months of We Harmony, Tad targeted all kids equally with force and attention. While he might be going for the weaker ones, <laughs> so, at so least they're is... not doing it. At least there's not any racial profiling. Thanks, We Harmony. So get We Harmony and Z Harmony today. It may be too late for some people, but it doesn't mean we can't realize a better future for our children. Is We Harmony a nonpartisan product, or 
is wokeness nonpartisan? Uh, it definitely is. It definitely wokeness is. Wokeness is for everyone. Yeah. Okay. And yes, it's nonpartisan. Okay. We uh, we thank uh, We Harmony for sponsoring the SSEU podcast. We have one last segment for today, uh, which we got the idea from Hannah Long, who retweeted her favorite movies for each year since 2010. And we figured that we should do the same. Uh, do you guys want to go year by year? I assume that's how we should yeah. do it. Yeah. All right. Okay, and, and we'll go from oldest to uh, newest. Uh, we will say that we, we put a lot of thought into these lists, uh, <laughs> and so they are, they are perfect. Uh, yeah, we've been working on these for a while. <laughs> okay. Chris, 2010. 2010. Um, there are a number of good films from this year. Town, Winter's Bone, underrated Winter's Bone. I haven't um, seen either of also those. Also a Gene favorite. He also likes Summer's Bone and Fall's Bone and Spring's Bone. <laughs> But um, The Fighter, a David O. Russell movie with, with Amy Adams and Mark Wahlberg. And who's the... Christian he, Bale. Christian Bale is the name I'm looking for. Um, and also Inception. And because I, ha- I, I watched Inception on, on Silent as we recorded the episode two weeks ago, I'm going to have to go with Inception as the best movie of 2010. It's meant to be. Ryan? I also picked Inception. Okay, we have a trifecta. Trifecta? Is that? I don't know. A hat trick? Uh, I also have Inception sure. for 2010. I, I thought Ryan didn't like Inception as much anymore. Since I you watched said it. every time I said it wasn't, I said I still love it. All right, all right. Okay. I, I would like to give an honorable mention to, and I know a lot. some people apparently hate this movie. Uh, I like The King's Speech, which came out in 2010. And so that's another one. Uh, 2011, my favorite movie from 2011 Moneyball. That's oh, is my turn because that's mine too. Moneyball. I, I love Moneyball. I love the book. It's great. It movie. is so good. Any uh, you, you can get somebody in a major motion picture talking about getting on base being most important thing for a hitter. I, I, I'll I'll watch that every time. <laughs> Chris, I'll take Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life, another Brad Pitt film You're from that movie. Me. from that year. I haven't seen that. Is that good? I saw it. Do you like Terrence like Malick? That, that should go on the best Texas movie list. He filmed another one in uh, in Austin. Um, the one he did after The Tree of Life. What was that called? The one with Michael Fassbender, Ryan Gosling. I'm looking at Terrence Malick's IMDb page, and I haven't seen any of these movies. Rose, whatever the one is oh. after Tree of Life, Rose really likes that one. To the Wonder? Uh... Is that what it's called? Is that the one with... <laughs> Night of Cups? Night of Cups. That's the one. Why did he stop making movies for 20 years? That's a great question. Any of you guys watched Thin Red Line? Okay. I did have you like se- it? I have... Yes, I did. It's been okay, a while. That was his return to filmmaking, right? Yeah. yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah. After a 20-year hiatus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did like that. Okay. So I've seen I, one. I never Terry's saw that movie. one. Yeah. Hmm. Chris, what is your best movie or favorite movie from 2012? Ooh, 2012 was a good year. It had Silver Lining's Playbook, uh, The Master. Um, so any year that Paul Thomas Anderson makes a film is, is a good year. Um, and The Master's flawed and, and, and quirky and bizarre. Joaquin Phoenix is just a really good performance, and so does Philip Seymour Hoffman. And any movie with Amy Adams is worth watching. I, I, haven't, seen, uh, I haven't seen Philip Seymour Hoffman in anything recently. <laughs> he's just been quiet on all fronts hasn't he 
that movie all that buried also himself had... in his work. <laughs> <laughs> That's so morbid. Uh, that that year also had Skyfall. Um, but uh, a few people listening know that I'm a huge fan of Wes Anderson, and I'm a, also a huge fan of his, his one more controversial films. Moonrise Kingdom. I think it's a beautiful and wonderful film, and that's the best one. Uh, that's my favorite film of 2012. Ryan, I do love Moonrise Kingdom, um, but I went with Zero Dark Thirty. Um, that that is that is also mine. I also I, I love that movie. I've probably watched it close to ten times. Yeah, I I remember going to see it in theaters uh, when it came mm-hmm. out, and I I loved it. It's it's mm-hmm. a, it's a great movie. I actually thought 2012 wasn't that great of a year. I think I struggled a little bit to, to find the best one. Um, I struggled with 2013. Okay, what did you eventually end yeah. up with? Uh, Frozen. <laughs> I picked Captain Phillips because you know. Captain Phillips, is that the uh, Sean, no, not Sean Connery, uh, George Clooney movie? Uh, no, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. The Molly Pirate. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, 2013, I went with The Wolf of Wall Street uh, as the best. That was my second choice. But that was really the only movie that appealed to me. 2014, uh, if we all don't have the same, shame on you. Mine's John Wick. John Wick. 2014 was a very good year. Oh, come on. Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy, Interstellar, Grand Budapest Hotel, Ex Machina, St. Vincent, but... Uh, yeah, John Wick is my favorite. Isn't Ex Machina 2015? That's what it says on my list. Mm, no, your, yours must be with Swedish math or something. Okay. It's Sweet. the metric system. A Swedish the- calendar. Yeah, a metric calendar. But I don't know. Interstellar is pretty close. I like Interstellar. I, I like Interstellar too. Yeah. If it, if John Wick wasn't, I, I would have picked Interstellar if it wouldn't have been for John Wick. Okay. Uh, Ryan, 2015. The Big Short. As I said, I like Michael Lewis. I, I like the book. I like this movie. Uh, I I considered it. I considered The Big Short. I considered Bridge of Spies, The Man from Uncle, which I think Ryan hates, uh, mm-hmm. Ex Machina. Uh, but I ended you up with hate The Man from Uncle. He does, and I don't understand. Here's my bay, Alicia Vikander. Oh, oh, am I supposed to like movies that are terrible? No, you're you're suppo- supposed to like movies that are good. And again, we're talking about the man from Uncle. So you're just so it's a weird wrong. movie to hate. It's a weird movie to hate. My, my my favorite movie from 2015 is Sicario. Anyway, Chris, what's yours? Mad Max: Free Road. I figured. I I, I, I love I, I love this movie. I, I love it. In 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 the document I'm looking at right now, there's a note for 2015 saying Chris Fury Road, because I and, knew and, that's what you were going to yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. It, well, and it was a bad year for movies, and um, I was late to the game. Like, when did I watch this movie? Like six, like six months ago, something like that. Like, I probably watched it in October or something. Okay, move on. 2016, Chris. Another good year. Um, I liked Arrival a lot. Hell or High Water is good too. My favorite was a movie that we talked about at length. Same. Nice guy. Yes. It's so good, and I can't wait to watch it again. That is uh, also my favorite movie from 2016 with Hell or High Water as the honorable mention. Uh, Ryan? La La Land. (laughs) Nobody believes you. That's really... I picked La La Land. I liked it. (laughs) Hey, John Podhoritz. I don't know what you... 
you re it's not even the best Ryan Gosling movie of the year. And you still went with La La Land. <laughs> Wasn't Hacksaw Ridge from that year? Uh, it's 2000. Yeah, I think that's right. See, I haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge, but surely it's better than La La Land. <laughs> it's not La <laughs> I haven't I finished. I didn't expect you guys to understand. I haven't finished La La Land. I stopped in the middle because I couldn't take it anymore. Uh, I think that we all have the same for 2017. Yep. Although Blade Runner 2049, Thor Ragnarok, John Wick 2, and Wind River were all amazing movies. I it's have Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Whatever. We're not talking to Ryan anymore. Yeah. But... but I I picked that one for whenever we did our best 2017. I put that oh. as number one. 2017 okay. is is the best movie for our best year for movies since I don't know when ever. I it, don't know. It, it it is a good year. It is a good it's year. A really good year. All of, all of the movies mentioned here for that year I love. But but the best is is Dunkirk and and I, I had only seen it once up until two weeks ago. We we uh we recorded our episode and I put that on on silent. In the background, and it was, oh my gosh! Even with without the sound, like, what an amazing movie! It is so good. Steven, you're wrong. All right, 2018. Uh, I have a quiet place. I have a quiet place. So we, at the end of last year, or maybe early in this year, uh, ranked the best movies of 2018. I have no idea what I said. I was not thrilled <laughs> with the movies. Game Night, Isle of Dogs were both good, but I'll I'll pick Into the Spider Verse since my kids like it. I liked it. That was that's a very close second for me since I've I didn't see it until it came out on Amazon. But oh really? How I, I, I really I really do. I, I don't know a, a lot. Yeah. I listen to the soundtrack. We, we've watched like a lot every in my day. house. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what about 2019, Chris? Highwaymen. Ryan. Uh, Cold Pursuit. Okay, and I have John Wick three. Uh, and that <laughs> concludes our ranking. That's a, that's a good choice. <laughs> I don't see what's going to beat it. <laughs> Although, Thomas, I know that you also have Cold Pursuit in ink on your list. Well, I didn't know we could pick things that we haven't seen yet. So. <laughs> Thomas did an hour ago when he put Cold Pursuit as the number three movie of the year. Yeah. So far. Uh, but John Wick is going to surpass all of those. Well, uh, then, then, then I have... The Disney live-action oh adaptation of, of, I don't know, what's oh coming out this year? The Lion King? <laughs> Lion King? Anything Lion else? King. Lady and a Tramp. But it's going to be, an, act out it's gonna be an actual tramp. <laughs> I, I can't wait till for the gritty sex scene in that. That's going to be <laughs> is, lit AF. Is, is Dumbo out? Didn't it's out. Is it Dumbo is a terrible movie. And and I heard that the, that the live-action... Version is is slightly better. I thought but, you were but the cartoon slightly is worse. Well, I mean, because like there's not a lot to to Dumbo. Like the there's just not a lot to it. And I believe that is all the time we are giving to this episode. Please find us at sseupodcast.com or at a podcast app near you. Say good night, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, 
Growing like a breeze Country roads Take me home To the place I belong West Virginia Mountain Mama Take me home Country roads All my memories Gather round her Miner's lady Stranger to blue water Dark and dusty Painted on the sky Misty taste of moonshine Teardrop in my eye Country roads Take me home To the place Here's what Doug from Winnetka. <laughs> is this Wisconsin? No, what is Winnetka, Illinois? I don't know how to say that. I am currently uh, watching the, the stream of the Flames game, and uh, they just had a huge ad that covered half the broadcast about the Grand Slam Curling Championship tournament. What? <laughs> Hand slam? The Grand Slam curling tournament or something like that. I'm not I'm not sure. I don't I don't speak curling. 